Saying I want to be a ServiceNow developer is like saying I want to be a doctor or I want to work in construction. That's too broad. Brad and I discuss why this is a problem and how you can fix it to ensure your ServiceNow developer career is satisfying and rewarding. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. And once again, I say that with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. I have returning developer advocate Brad Tilton with me to help us decide where you should go as a developer. Welcome back, Brad. Thanks, Chuck. I'm happy to be here. Now, give your thoughts on what I said in that abstract about being broad. I want to be a doctor, right? You could be a podiatrist. You could be a general practitioner. You could be an ear, nose, throat person. You could be a spinal surgical. I don't know. I'm not a medical person, so I don't don't even know (laughs) what all the options are. But if I were to look at the medical profession as an analogy to being a software developer or even a ServiceNow developer, that still leaves a lot of options. First of all, why is that a problem? Yeah, I think uh, if you look at, you know, I, I think there was a time where you could be a ServiceNow generalist. I think both of us started this way probably uh, in, you know, 2008-ish uh, when there was really only a couple of products. Uh, but if you look at the ServiceNow portfolio now, you've got uh, some really large product families in terms of IT service management, IT business management, customer service management, uh, HR service management. And then you have now a bunch of these other little apps sprinkled in. And then, oh yeah, there's the platform uh, and, you know, creator workflows, uh, which has, you know, I don't know, 10 to 20 different tools and products and features. Uh, and so, you know, I think the takeaway from that is there's just too much to be an expert on everything. Uh, so should you be an expert or should you just kind of have general knowledge about everything? Um, you know, I think generally we, we think people should try to become an expert in some areas, um, and so that's, you know, the, the problem is there's just too much. So you have to na- narrow it down. So if I were to go back to the medical analogy, I would say there's every doctor has to have basic anatomy and some basic biology classes. So, you know, you're not doing surgery on the hand instead of the foot. You know, the difference between your carpals and your metacarpals. And at the same time, you should be a generalist on the platform to know how to make a table, lay out a form, add some choices to the choice list, maybe a bit of scripting. That would be very helpful. And then as you get into the uh, more specifics, maybe you're a GRC specialist, maybe you're um, an integration specialist, those skills are still useful to anyone who's doing development on the platform. But you get more of that lingo. You get closer tied to the business and you develop more of a speciality in front-end portals or back-end integrations or wherever your interests lie. I would say follow your interests because as you start to explore some of these general concepts or some of you may be contractors or you may be uh, part of a, a one of our partners, then 
you would get exposed to a great many of these things. You go, you know what? Mobile is the thing that resonates with me. Go out and be the best mobile person you can. We've got courses on that. You could set up a blog. You can have discussions in the community. There's a whole other direction you can take it and say, I am going to be the best possible mobile person. And that's what I want to be known for because... You know, security really doesn't thrill me or what, you know, whatever. <laughs> I've got my things. Brad's got his things. We're not, there's some overlap. I mean, again, we both know how to go into flow designer and make a flow, right? Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, as, as far as a developer or implementation specialist or consultant or whatever we want to call these people, whatever the titles are, uh, there seems to be a couple of angles to come at it from. And one of them is what you were just talking about, where it's, you know, what What types of development work do you like doing or what tools do you really like? Could be mobile, could be front end. You may love building integrations and, and you do, you know, scripted integrations and integration hub and you know all that stuff really well. Uh, but then there's another angle, which is more of like a process area angle. Um, so, you know, maybe you spent 10 years on an IT service desk and just know that really well and you're really passionate about uh, making the absolute best, you know, uh, ITSM implementations happen. Uh, and so maybe you're an ITSM expert and you kind of know a lot of those tools uh, enough to use them and implement them, but you're more of, you know, like an architect level imp implementing things, you know, so I think there's a combination of both, you know, tools and, and products and features, and then also, you know, process areas uh, where you can be an expert in. And again, yeah, it is really just finding finding the right fit, finding something you're passionate about or that you just really enjoy. Um, you know, mobile is is a good one. Um, front end stuff, you know, there's there's all sorts of things like that. So, you know, I think both of those are, are really good angles to take. I'm glad you brought that up because experience is helpful. I know some of our MVPs were in, say, the government space. And now they're known as, hey, I go to this person or this team for government or public service solutions. Uh, others have been in other industries. I grew up in an engineering industry, so I know electrical engineering and printed circuit board engineering, that kind of high-tech engineering, those processes and how the business runs that I could go back to that customer and say, you know what? We could do this on ServiceNow. And you're adding value back to them because you understand the lingo. And that is very important if you're like Brad and me and you grew up in the ITSM space on ServiceNow and you were to go to, say, oh, a hospital and say, let's, let's have a hospital user group meeting. And you started talking incidents and problem <laughs> and change. They're going to look at you like, what are you speaking here? You know, for them, it might be cases. You know, you want to be able to speak their language. So I think that's very important to becoming that pro-level developer, if you were. I, I don't know if that's the right time to inject that, but I think that's great. What are, are some ideas? If somebody's not really sure, Brad, how about this? You take on a, a personal project. Find something that you know, in your immediate ecosystem. For me, it would be something like, oh, using Amazon Dash buttons to turn on the ceiling fan because it's cold and I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to wake <laughs> up my wife by yelling at Alexa. Uh, you know, just little things like that. You will learn a lot. And that's, I went, mean, I like integrations. I mean, ever since I started in computers in the early 80s, I like making things talk to other things. Whereas before it used to be modems and serial cables and who knows what. Now it's REST APIs and the internet is in the... So it, there's a lot to be 
said for follow your interests and start on your own desk. It, it may not be technical like the Amazon Dash buttons. It may be more, like Brad said, more process-driven. Hey, our team has a need to do blah, you know, kill a spreadsheet and turn it into an app and we've digitized this process and everybody's got visibility. That's actually how I started it in the, in the 90s with <laughs> writing a ticketing system in general. We had an email distribution list and when we got more than two team members, that didn't work anymore. You couldn't just shout over the cube and get, hey, Mark, you got this one? We, I said, we need some kind of queuing system and the web was barely in its infancy, like 1994. And I said, I know what we need. We need a, so anyway, that's, that's one way you can approach it as well as latch onto a personal project and you will have fun with it. You will find yourself staying up late and crazy hours learning and developing and engaging in the community going, Hey, you know what? I need a button that, that, it, that moves this from here to there. And anybody have any ideas how we might approach that? And that's how you grow is, is start with your own personal projects. I think you'll have a high investment rate. Anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I think um, you know if we if we think about um, our when we're talking about mobile. Um, so if mobile is something you're really interested in, you know, think about if you don't know anything about it or don't know it that well yet, you know, think about uh, how you know what's something that I've thought I'd really like to be able to do this from my phone, and that could be. That could be a work-related thing. Like it could be a table that you're dealing with all the time and you're like, man, it'd be really nice if I could do this for my phone. Uh, or it could be a personal project where, you know, you're, you want to build some app in your PDI that has a mobile component and you can do it from your phone. So, you know, just think about opportunities that you have uh, to get um, access to some of those technologies uh, or to go deeper there uh, in terms of, uh, of specializing. And keep yourself a little portfolio as you build these, even if they seem meaningless at the time. Go, oh, this was just a trivial example. Hang on to that. You may always reference it later and go, I solved this problem once before. I built this out. I could borrow that component, put it into GitHub or some other repository and keep those handy as your own portfolio. You may never know. Your your future employer may say, um, we're doing an interview. Say, Do you have any anything you could show me offhand? Oh man, you go, here's my GitHub page. Go take a look. And you've got two dozen projects out there ranging from this, that, and the other thing. They go, fairly impressive. They they can take a look at what you've done and how you've solved it and your approach. Uh, maybe even come back with additional questions. So don't overlook the value of keeping a record of those things. Even if it seems trivial, even if you know, it's like, ah, it took me 10 minutes to build. I can always rebuild it again. <laughs> No, you'll you'll get down the road two years and go, oh, how, what? How did I do that? I know I did this before, and then you you look up on the community and you find your own answer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know the the best time to start syncing your work to GitHub is right now. You know, there's a there's a um, you know the the best time to plant a tree is five years ago. It's the same thing uh, when it comes to saving your work like this because at the time you need it, when you're looking for another job, you're going to be really happy with yourself if you have as you've built things put them on, on GitHub. Uh, and, you know, so you have a portfolio there. And at this point, if you have built something in service now, it is possible to sync that thing with GitHub. So there's no, uh, no, there's, there's probably very little, uh, excuse to not do that. Even if you've taken an update set, take that XML file and put it up on GitHub, just so you have yeah. it somewhere 
that's not going to get lost somewhere that doesn't get, oh, I forgot to renew my Dropbox account or, and it's gone. Don't, don't be that guy in, in, or girl in two, three, five years that goes, oh, I had all that stuff and my hard drive died. So (laughs) uh, yeah, (laughs) voice of experience, voice of experience. (laughs) There are two types of people in this world, those who have lost data and those who will. (laughs) Okay. Enough sage wisdom from the old timers. We've mentioned it a couple of times in this episode. And our next one is about what, Brad? We're going to talk about community next episode. And it goes beyond just the community.servicenow.com. We'll get to that. Hope you join us for that one on the next episode of Breakpoint. But until then, once again, thank you, Brad. And thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget, we have other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them at community.servicenow.com under the resources menu. Of course, they've changed that sometime in the next 15 years from the time we recorded this. Always possible. Uh, URL that works these days is servicenow.com slash podcast. Hope to see you there. Subscribe to this podcast. Find it on Apple, Google. You know where all your podcasts can come from. Find it for free, and it will be automatically delivered to you. So once again, thank you very much, Brad. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening.